Avalanche Land Gorilla Hockey back for another episode. JJ and Jesse here to talk some Avalanche. A lot to get into today. We've had a, a little bit of camp, a couple preseason games rolling through. Yep. The real conversation I think I want to start off here with Jesse is just simple the the drama, the lack of drama mm -hmm. more so, right? No pleasantry here. The Gorilla Hockey Podcast, we just get going. We're getting right into the, yeah, the no. nitty-gritty. Hellos, goodbyes, we don't need that. Everybody knows where we're at. Here to listen and talk <laughs> hockey, right? But um no, we look at we look at training camp and there was a little bit of a lack of excitement, I would say, right? Just because there's no real storylines to follow. I mean, there's no major prospects we're keeping an eye on. We have a really good idea of what the line combinations are already going to be. We're really yep. just kind of watching them new guys come in, see how they fit. So while no drama is perfect for Fergie and the Black Eyed Peas, it's not so great for uh, preseason thrills, right? So I guess let's get into that. You're point of view on the lack of drama heading into the 23-24 uh, season. Here. Yeah, like you said, it's so funny because teams, NHL teams, probably like the lack of drama. Like this, like Jared Bednar probably loves the fact that he knows if there's anything I'm looking for, it's a couple of fringe spots here and there, trying to get that filled out, you know, whatever. He he probably really likes this. Abs PR really likes, probably really likes this. But yeah, for us in the media – be nice to have you know some storylines to talk about and it's funny because we were in you know vegas for the rookie showcase and that was even kind of the conversation out there of there's just really not a lot to talk about on the prospect front right now um but again i, I really do especially after the season the abs just had all the injuries all the question marks the uncertainty around gabe landiscog etc 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 you can keep that list going uh i think them having kind of a nice quiet training camp where you know hey they're you know and I know we'll get into it, but, you know, there's maybe a 4C spot. You know, uh, you're, you're looking for one extra defenseman uh, and a couple, you know, 13th, 13th, 14th forward kind of situation. You hear about teams all the time needing to have quiet seasons. You know, like the Vegas Golden Knights actually thought were a great example of this this past season. They need to have a quiet season after all the drama, Marc-Andre Fleury, then all the injuries, and is Mark Stone healthy and all that stuff. The Vegas Golden Knights need to come out last year and just play hockey. I think that's kind of what the abs are primed for right now. We can just show up, stick to what we know, stick to what we're doing. And it's going to get us, you know, we're, we're going to be in a good position to, to get where we want to go. And again, I'm not going to jump too far ahead because I know you got stuff in between now and then, but I definitely think that even what you've seen out of a couple of these new guys just over the weekend, you're feeling even more kind of confident, calm that we're going to be able to play. Well, I guess, yeah, even looking back, they've dealt with their handful of drama throughout the years, especially looking at last year, right, and all the injuries. And if you really take a step back, those injuries are still kind of lingering. So yep. maybe we're just so used to having four or five guys on the injured list that now we've labeled it as having no drama. But I guess there's still plenty of plenty of those to keep an eye on. It's a great point. Kale McCarr still hasn't, he hasn't skated with the group. He did skate this morning uh, ahead of guys getting on the ice, so it was just him. Uh but but it is a good point that you know Pavel Francouz, Kale McCarr, you know Josh Manson, we're still we're sh pretty sure he's going to be good to go uh, by opening night, but still not guaranteed. Andrew Cogliano still out there in a red jersey, so that's a funny <laughs> it's a funny point you make. Because we sat here and talked about there's really no drama, and then I just listed five like very <laughs> much regulars that have question marks around their availability. So, um, like you said, maybe maybe just, we've gotten a little bit too used to this, but I do if. if I think if this is the worst that you've got to deal with out of the start is making sure these guys are healthy. I think there's probably 20 other NHL teams that would take that over trying to figure out how do we fill out our middle six. 
the Avs in their front office have put themselves in a good position here to be able to kind of have a nice quiet lead up to the season. Yeah, I think a lot of that rides on Josh Manson, though, right? I feel like his presence in the lineup is something that it, it kind of puts you at a comfort zone or, oh, shoot, we've got a hole yeah. to fill in That's this defensive point. group. So I think aside from the other guys, obviously we expect Kale McCarr to be there. Yeah. If Andrew Cogliano's in or out of the lineup, I think, yes, there are feelings to be had, but nothing drastic, nothing to overreact about. But Josh Manson, I think, is a position that really kind of needs to be solidified and his health needs to be something that we can all count on. Because, no, dude, you're, you're 100% right. Because, you know, Jerry Benard talked about it last week, at, two weeks ago. I don't even know what day it is anymore. But at media day, you know, he said, well, we've got our six. So they've got six. That's three pairs. They already need, you need to figure out Who's in that seven spot? You know, if that's, you know, a young guy, if that's Jack Johnson, because a guy like Sam Malinsky beat him, you know, however that is, you're right. They've got to find a seventh. If, you, if you're without Josh Manson, now you got to find two. Now you got to solidify your, your top six defensemen and find that extra. So no, it's, it's, it's a good call out that a lot of this really does kind of hinge on a lot of what we're talking about in terms of like the nice kind of quiet lead into the season. The stability yeah. of the defensive group. Rides yeah. on Josh Manson, right? Yeah, no, right. I, I mean, I think I we can expect Kale McCarr to be in and out of lineup a couple times in mm-hmm. in the year because that's just kind of who he's proven to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll cut him some slack there, but I think if if you have Josh Manson short up, because even Jared Bednar alluded to it a couple practices, training camps ago. Again, I'm not even sure. We've heard a lot a lot from Jared Bednar <laughs> recently, but he even mentioned a majority of the defensive group on this team are smaller puck movers, offensive minded. When you're missing that defensive guy, the Josh Manton, Jack Johnson, the list kind of ends right there. Uh, You know, there's holes. Obviously, you know, Kale and uh, Devon Taves, you know, are really solid in their own end. Bowen Byram and Sam Gerrard, I think are better in their own end than they get credit for. You're right. Cause I asked, uh, you know, Jared about that the other day with, you know, with regards to Jack Johnson, what are you guys looking for him to bring? And he said exactly what you just laid out. He brings something different than what we have. And you need different a little bit. You know, we talked about that, I believe, on last week's show with Ryan Johansson. Mm-hmm. We like about him is that he's different. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Jack Johnson and Josh Manson. Those are two guys that, you know, will kill penalties, block shots, you know, heavy in the corners. Not that your other guys won't do those things in spurts, but that's what those two are for. So I'm I'm with you. I think that's a great call out. You need certainty on those two before you can say, yeah, nice, nice, quiet, relaxed. Things are feeling good, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so let's get into, I guess, you know, preseason obviously is a lot more about evaluating who fits where, kind of like I mentioned, who's got chemistry with whom. Uh, of course, the Avalanche won one, lost one so far in the preseason, but results, yeah. we'll push them aside, out the window, we don't care. Let's look at some of the new guys and how they've fit with the team so far. I think game one, the real story there was that shiny new third line the Avalanche <laughs> are working with, Miles Wood, Tomas Tatar, and Ross Colton. How have you liked them? Do you, do you see that trio staying together and already somehow finding that chemistry as three complete strangers? So it's, it's funny because Jared Bednar has referenced it like this a couple of times. But this really does feel reminiscent of the Burakovsky, Donskoy, Kadri line that they put together a couple off seasons ago, several off seasons ago at this point, uh, where you know they essentially said, "Hey, here's a hole in our lineup. We're gonna go address this all in one off season," and that's kind of what they did here. I do expect this line to stick, assuming health, you know, and all of that. I expect this line to stick at least through the first couple weeks. 
I think part of that is, hey, here's three new guys. We're going to stick them together. They're going to get accustomed to the systems all at the same time. Uh, and, and like you said, you're already seeing a little bit of positive results. All three of these guys, maybe not Tomas Tatara as much, but definitely Miles Wood and Ross Colton, you know, they're a little bit banking on, we think these guys were underutilized where mm-hmm. they were. We think that we can fit them into our system, you know, better and more efficiently, whatever. Um, you know, you're maybe asking Miles Wood to play a little bit higher in the lineup than what he has in the past. Um, but I think that a lot of that is going to be like, we're sticking these guys together, start getting some chemistry now. And Jared Bednar always has his safety blanket lines that he doesn't like to move away from. I could totally see this becoming one of those. For him. I was just about to bring up those safety blanket lines because, you know, Jared Bednar throughout the years has always experimented with wingers and centers. I gotta set up straight. Yep. Posture, posture. Um, and his go-to every time he got in a pickle was Rantanen, McKinnon, Landeskog. You know what? Yep. This isn't working. <laughs> yeah. Let's throw that top line back together. Well, now with no Landeskog, that blanket line kind of feels more like Lekkonen, Rantanen, and McKinnon. So yep. if his current line combinations fail, I can see him going back to that line on the top, and I think you really got to figure out something with that second line. So what I'm trying to say here in short is, these line combinations really ride on what that second line does. Cause I still think that's where the question marks lie. Where's Jonathan drew best fit. Is he a top line guy or does he have to slide down? We liked the way he fit with Joe yep. or with Ryan Johansson last night. Um, so I, as much as we like to think we've, we're getting an idea of these line combinations. I still think there's plenty of toying and moving around to see who's best fit with who. Well, and, and you are going to have some of that. Cause like you said, Gabe Landeskog that, I mean, that, I, I really like the abs top nine going into the season. I think they did a really good job, but like, you're crazy. If you don't think that the Gabe Landeskog thing is, it's a huge hole. Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to replace Gabe Landeskog on the open market. You're not going to replace him through a trade, especially with not knowing how he's going. So you're right. That second line. What's funny is I think you have some interesting combinations you could try there, but that involves splitting up Miko Ranton and Nathan McKinnon. That involves maybe moving Drew N away from McKinnon, which I know, a lot of people, myself included, want to see with that. Like, I mean, we've been teased with it for so long. It's like, it's, it almost feels like we deserve to see what this looks like at the NHL level. But, but I know, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of shuffling that needs to be done there. I like the idea of putting Drew, I, I you know, uh, AJ Hayfley from DNVR, good friend of ours, used to, you know, talk about this keep guys in pairs. I heard Petey from, uh, he works down in Arizona, worked for the Arizona Coyotes for a long time. Uh, you know, Steve Peters. He talked about that coaches like to do that. find your pairs, right? I think to start the season, the Avs should be pairing McKinnon and Druin, Rantanen and Johansson, Lekkinen. And, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm yeah. just throwing names out here. You know sure. what I mean? But you got to find these combinations, and then you know maybe cycle on that one wing. Uh, you know where you where you're kind of seeing who else works there, but they got to get some stability in some of these lines because. I don't like the crazy blending. If you're doing it over the course of a game or two, because you got some injuries, you're trying to find what works, whatever, I'm fine with that. But I think part of the reason that last year felt just so sloppy for the abs, even though at the end of the day when the dust settled, they really wasn't that far off pace from the year before, because it just felt like it was random every night. You didn't know who was playing with who. You didn't know how many forwards would be in the lineup, who was center, who was playing wing. I'd like to see them find some stability in some of these combinations and use preseason to do that because you do have a lot of new faces. 
and I guess kind of like we were talking about, Josh Manson kind of carries a lot of the weight for, you know, your comfort level of the defensive group. Yep. Jonathan Druin, I think we could place that same level in the offense, right? I think a big reason we all want to see Jonathan Druin on that first line is because that tells you that that move succeeded, yeah. that he is living up to what you brought him in here to do, maybe even exceeding that a little mm -hmm. bit, and he's working with Nathan McKinnon. The second he starts to slide down, I think you really start to question, A, some of the offseason moves, who's going to go <laughs> fill that hole now, and then how do you make the second line work with a, a, a kind of a ragtag group of people? Yeah. That's the challenge here is really every line, as it sits right now, has at least one new guy on it. Yes. So you you really – Well, and I guess I shouldn't even say it for the fourth line because you could end up with – With Kivi Ronta, Olausen. Uh, we'll yeah, get into yeah, that yeah, later. Olufsen, whoever, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think there's, there's plenty of – movement and experimentation still to be had yeah but i think well, we're feeling we're feeling decent about what we've seen so far and and it's not just drew too i and i i, I do think that ryan johansson is a pretty big linchpin in all this because mm -hmm. if suddenly that's not working at 2c you're right back to having that hole down the middle how do you fix that who slides in there do you have to try to you know work out a trade of some kind i i don't know but i'm with you i think drew and, and johansson again it it feels a lot like Burkowski, Kadri, Donskoy. These were guys that, hey, we need you to be second-line players. Everyone felt pretty good about Kadri. You could check that one off. But it was a pretty big question mark between Donskoy mm -hmm. and Burkowski. I kind of feel the same way. You're 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 going to have one of Lekkinen, Nachushkin, or Rantanen on that second line. And some one of them, right? So check. That's a top six player. What's happening with Ryan Johansson? What's happening with Jonathan Druin? That's because if those guys hit, you have a great top six. If they don't, you got a first line and then a handful of third lines. Well, and if yesterday's preseason game against Vegas was any indication, Johansson and Druin might be a, a perfectly good yeah. pairing to throw out there together mm -hmm. uh, because we did see a lot of nice chemistry with them, particularly on the power play. So uh, just get into Druin and Johansson from what we saw in, in the second game of the preseason. No, I, so it, it's – you and I talked about it earlier in the week at Family Sports, I guess last week at Family Sports. Those two, they, they were, they seemed like they were connecting. Nathan McKinnon went back to Halifax uh, to have his jersey retired, so that led to some lines being jumbled at training camp. And Druin and Johansson ended up being put together on a line, and they connected several times on, like, nice plays, too. Mm -hmm. Not like, you know, oh, that puck bounced around five times, and Druin ended up whacking in, like, nice plays, no looks, touch passes. Uh, you know, there was one in particular where Johansson – you know, pulled it to his backhand, held it, held it, held it, then tapped it right across, easy, you know, put back for Jonathan Druin. They seemed that they were finding each other, then they connect last night on a power play, bumper, you know, Jonathan Druin moving the puck into the bumper spot. I asked Druin about it after the game. He said, we think the game similarly. Now we asked Johansson about it, and I mean, like, I mean. Oh, dude, he, had, he was raving about this guy's hockey IQ. Gushing right? about yeah. his vision, you know, Jonathan Druin's vision on the ice, his hockey IQ, his ability to pass and find seams. And so that is what makes me really excited about Drew. I know everyone always likes to, oh, well, he's playing with play better players than he ever has. Da, 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 da. But like, really, that is exciting upside. Like, just you see some of those plays that he's making, and it's like, yeah, you have the legitimate NHL talent like Ryan Johansson, Nathan McKinnon on the receiving end of some of those passes, some of those plays. Like, it, you know, it could be a big year for Jonathan Drew if he's playing like we've seen the last three, four, five days at camp. 
also fantastic guy in the room. Got to throw oh, that out there. He yeah, what a beauty. Rapidly becoming one of my favorite uh, interviews in the room. Always willing to talk. Always super friendly. Nice and thorough with his answers. Yeah, right. Not thoughtful. just giving you an answer, but giving you the answer that you asked. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was so funny because, and again, it's preseason and all that stuff. But I went up and talked to him last night after the game. You know, super friendly. You know, good chat, all that stuff. And I walked away. He goes, "Is that it?" Like, you know, just coming from Montreal, he was like, oh, man, this is awesome. But, no, you know, I, I think he's in a good spot, you know, mentally just talking to him. He seems like he's charged up, excited to be here. And if he can tap into that and start leaning into some of that skill, we saw it on display last night. I think this could end up being a really good fit for Drew Renth. Just needed a ying to his yang, right? I mean, he's the playmaker, needs somebody there to finish it. I mean, well, Nathan McKinnon sounds like a great candidate, and so does Ryan Johansson because Ryan Johansson is just a shooter. Right. Miko Rantanen as well. Like, th go, this yeah. really is, you know, you talk about putting players in positions to be successful. I think that's what – I think they're going to give Jonathan Drew every opportunity to be successful, and this is a really good fit for him. That's why we've talked about it for – Last three, four years, this is a great fit for Drew in. Last night, I think you saw why a little bit. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I guess let's move on. We we hinted at it a little bit. That fourth line center role still yep. seems like up for grabs. Of course, Cogliano on one side, Logan O'Connor on the other. Those mm -hmm. guys are are short up. I That's mean, a safety blanket line for Jared too. Not not to mention, I've loved the way I've. I, I've loved what Logan O'Connor has brought so far to training camp. He, he does look great. like a better version of himself, right? We've seen Logan O'Connor. We know what he brings. We like him. He got better. And yeah. he strikes me, you know, Ben Myers, I think, is a guy that we're looking at as potentially filling that fourth line center role. I think Logan O'Connor looks the way Ben Myers should. Yeah. Logan O'Connor is giving me that confidence that in preseason games, in training camp, he's looking like the NHLer amongst a handful of non-NHLers. Whereas Ben Myers, I feel, is just simply leaving more to be desired. I, he, he got on the score sheet yesterday, yeah. and then Jared Bednar didn't say anything bad about his game, but I'm not sure he's standing out the way he needs to. Well, see, to me, for, coming into camp, that fourth-line center job was Ben Myers' to lose, mm -hmm. right? It was his position that he had to get beat out for. That was, so, what, two weeks ago, right, or a week ago when training camp opened? I'm already kind of sitting here like, all right, well, it's no longer his job to lose. And now you've got, you know, Olafson, Kitty Ranta, all kind of pushing right in that zone, I feel like. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been saying I've been disappointed in Ben Myers this preseason. Seems like very dramatic. Mm -hmm. But but again, I, I exactly what you said. To me, there's a noticeable difference in Logan O'Connor. And I love so much about what he brings anyways. The, the speed, the try hard, you know, the grit, not afraid to go to the front of the net, not afraid to play that agitated role. He looks to me a little bit like he saw JT Comfort leaving the summer and he's like, perfect. Good point. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know, again, I, I'm not doubting that Ben Myers worked really hard in the summer. Uh, you know, I'm not doubting that he came into camp in good shape. He looks a little bit more fit. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I just, I wanted to see an extra step, especially this time of year with, Everyone's still at camp. You know, the Avs made their first, what was it, six, seven cuts mm -hmm. right before we went live. Ben Myers needs to be standing out. He needs to be standing way out amongst that group. Then as it gets whittled down, yeah, he, he's going to kind of shift to being, you know, the young guy trying to earn that spot. I wanted to see a little bit more pop. It is what it is. 
I think he's still very much in the mix. There's still several preseason games, and he's the kind of guy that will play in probably most of them the rest of the way. I, I think there's still plenty of time for him to show it, but it was his job to lose coming into camp, and now I think he's kind of neck and neck with a couple of these other guys, whether they be PTOs or you know younger guys pushing for the NHL roster. There's been some good play so far in this preseason that I think has put several players on the same level as Ben Myers. It's disappointing because there was hype around him, right? The Avalanche mm-hmm. signed him as a free agent, and you're like, oh, wow, the Avalanche got a steal. Scored in that you know tr- little trial run of games at the end of the season. Wyatt Amat was even part of that. Wow, the Avalanche are really finding some steals. But I think the wound, the Martin Kaut wounds are still fresh. You really would hate to see you know another potential prospect, the guy we're excited about to see at camp, flame out and and just not live up to the hype so um cheering for ben myers but gotta see more yeah gotta see more out of him um and you know the 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 good news is for ben myers even if he doesn't make the team out of camp he'll be right up the road in loveland jared benar talked about it last night the guys who are usually the last cuts make the strongest impressions are those first call-ups so you know while it didn't fully work out here with alex newhook i do look at him in his rookie year he got sent down out of camp and by the time he came back up, he was a different player. If that's what happens to Ben Myers, that's the path that he's got to follow. And, you know, we heard Martin Kelt talk about that for how many years? I got to be more like OC. I got I to be more like Logan O'Connor. I got to be more like Andrew Cogliano. I got to do what Alex Newhook did when he got sent down. And we never saw it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for Ben Myers, there's plenty of time for him to, to, to you know, make this roster, get on the right page. Uh and, and, you know, have an impact at the NHL level, but he's got to start ramping it up. Yep. The time is now. Clock's ticking. Um, with that, and forgive me for making assumptions, but just based on the conversation we've had so far on today's podcast, it feels like you're with me that Kibby Ranta seems to be the leader in the clubhouse for that 4C role. Yay so, or nay? So uh, I'll say nay, and then I'll kind of contradict myself. I still do think it's probably Ben Myers purely based on the comfortability standpoint, but, but I guess, yeah, my, my thing is I, I do think Kevin Ranta who has scored a goal, uh, who scored a goal this weekend. Uh, I, I do think he's pushing. This is a guy with NHL experience. Avs fans are unfortunately familiar with mm. now. Uh, here is maybe the one thing where I would say advantage Ben Myers is, Kibby Ronta has got a little bit longer of an NHL resume. Exactly. And very little to show for it in terms of production. So that, that's why I, see what you're saying. Yeah. that's why I say, despite everything I just said about Ben Myers, you know, kind of being his job to lose and now in the pack with everyone else, I still give him the slight edge. As we were just talking about, if there's one thing that Jared Bednar loves, it's knowing what he's going to get. And I think if all things are equal, the tie is going to go to a guy like Ben Myers because he's been in the system. Jared Bednar's had a better look at him, a longer look at him. So he's still my slight favorite on this. But again, if you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said I would have penciled Ben Myers in. There's your there's your 12 forwards. I've got 11 now. I think we know that if all things are equal, Jared Bednar is going towards size, right? Not necessarily him or, or him. Uh, but what I – really think, I guess, as far as uh, Kivy Ranta versus Ben Myers is just simply what you talked about a second ago with the guys like Miles Wood and Ross Colton. The Avalanche love a reclamation project. <laughs> the Avalanche love to take a guy and say, we know how to use this guy better than you guys did. Mm-hmm. We're going to put see Val Nachushkin, right? Yep. Val Nachushkin is the poster boy. Terry Lekin is another great example. So I can easily see the Avalanche saying, 
Kiviranta has more NHL experience. We're not waiting for him to come into his own. We know what he we brings know what to he the is, table. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to put him with Logan O'Connor and Andrew Cagliano and really make his game flourish. But, the, hey, that's just me. Now the one thing you got to consider with that, um, cap implications. It's always been a weakness of mine. I really don't look at the numbers. I just say, <laughs> put that guy in, bring in Petty Kane. You got plenty of room. <laughs> Now, again, if there's if there's any one thing that we've learned from top contending teams over the last couple of seasons, namely the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, you know, you can make any kind of thing work. But right now, the Avs have like $100,000. I just briefly glance at it. They're in the ballpark of $100,000 of cap space with Gabe Landeskog and LTIR. So, you know, I don't know. Do you have someone else that you can shift to LTIR to make that work? But that is one other thing to consider. Yoel Kiviranta is here on a PTO. He would need a contract if they want him in that spot. It's the other thing with Ben Myers, he's signed. He's cheap. You know he can plug in there. Well, there may be some goalie salary opening up. Who knows? We'll get into that in a second. Before we do, there's one last defensive spot that should still be open. I mean, you just talked about the importance mm -hmm. of who that guy's going to be because chances are he's logging minutes this season. Who do you think is – the front runner for that last defensive spot. I know going into it, you really like Sam Malinsky. After watching training camp, two preseason games in, how do you feel now? So here's what's hard. I I like Sam Malinsky, but do I like Sam Malinsky more than Jack Johnson? And that to me is, I think, the interesting situation that the Avs are in right now, and that's their big question mark. If you're going to go with Sam Malinsky, you're not doing it for him to be your seventh D in the press box. You're doing it because he's going to be in your lineup every night and he's going to be contributing. Otherwise, you want him playing with the Eagles. We talked about how Jack Johnson and Josh Manson bring something that's a little bit different. Sam Malinsky, while I like him, and I think it's part of what the Avs like about him, he's a little samey as Devontae, Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, Bowen Byram. Um, you know, I also like Jeremy Hansel, but again, are you going to put a kid in the press box in favor of Jack Johnson, Josh Manson? You know, I, I just don't sure. know. So I, I, they're not using Curtis McDermott on D this year because that would be the easy answer, right? Mm -hmm. It's Curtis McDermott is your seventh D. He's playing it forward, scored a goal last night. He said that to you several times. So I think the abs are liking that. Uh, this is a, this is the worst answer that you can give on television podcast. I don't know. So I just I, no. I look at it and I'm saying the, the 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 players that are standing out for me that would be in that spot are young guys that you want playing. I hear you. Yeah, you you don't want them just rotting in the press box, not getting the experience. But I think if you look at history, I think Jared Bednar is more than willing to kind of churn that out. Right? Just some days it's going to be Jack Johnson, some days it might be Sam Malinsky, some days he might send Sam Malinsky back to Loveland and then bring up you know, Hensel or, or whoever, How, insert name here. Let me lob this grenade at you. Uh-oh. Forget a 4C. Do you go 11 and 7? Come out of the gate 11 and 7? Personally, I've always hated that strategy, but I Why? know Jared Bednar is a fan of it. I don't know. I just like even. I like I like keeping it even. I like, I like even four, four lines of three and three three pairings of two. Um, so, I don't know. I, I know Jared Bednar is a big fan of using 11-7. He's never shied away from it, yeah. so if he sees that's best fit and his best 20 guys just happen to be 11 forwards and 7D, then he's not, he's, he's absolutely going to go with it. So I guess 
to just answer the question of who's the front runner in Jared, we trust, right? Yeah. Let's just allow Jared Bednar to do his job, assess the talent and really put the right names in place. If there's one thing that this group has shown in the last five years, we'll say, well, in the Jared Bednar area era, trust their pro scouting, trust the management, trust Jared Bednar. Mm -hmm. I think they've earned that. You know what I mean? And, sure. and so I think that they're, they're taking their time with cuts historically. We would have already seen, you know, by by last night at the latest, we would have seen a large amount of cuts. Uh, is that because guys are making it hard on Jared Bernard? Like, is it is it really a tight competition that he's having a hard time picking who stands out from a bad, from I think, a negative standpoint? I think it's two things. I think it's one that a little bit, and two, they have their first preseason game on the road on Thursday historically not a lot of vets like going to that one. So I, I, I not, that's not to be a knock on any of the guys that are, are still around, but that's the sense that I get. We need bodies. <laughs> yeah. We need bodies for this first one. And, and I do, I do think that there is a little bit of that, you know, the two names, you know, we just Malinsky and Hansel. I think they're making it hard. And mm -hmm. I think that's what you want, regardless of if they make the roster or not. You want guys who are making you think twice. Obviously, the forward group too is making it difficult on Jared Bednar. Mm -hmm. Not an easy decision to make up for that, uh, for the depth spot. So that leads us nicely into the back end and the goaltending. Pavel Francouz is really the biggest conversation to be had around them. I know we've talked about Houston Sandinen, and you know I mentioned after last night's preseason matchup that we, we need more time. We need to keep seeing what Houston Sandinen looks like. He hasn't really been tested to. Um, enough to, to really assess what he's got. But Pavel Francouz, I don't think we've talked about enough. I mean, no timeline on his return. Not really uh, any details on the injury itself, yep. aside from, you know, probably tweaking the uh, surgeries he had during the offseason. What, what do you take away? How are you feeling about Pavel Francouz right now and his injuries? Also, I've noticed I say Francouz, you say Francouz, Jared Bednar says Franco's. Yeah, I know. I, I, I that, and I was like, I thought we already settled on a soft seat. <laughs> Dude, he said that the other day because uh, I, I think it was me. I, I think I asked Frank him. Franco's. And I said, I said, Frankie. I said, oh, it was Frankie. Was what Franco's? What was like, Frankie? What are the Frankie? <laughs> well, and yeah. So like, like you said, when when he said that, I couldn't even like, I didn't even hear the rest of his answer. I was just so stuck on Franco's. Yeah. Um, so that's still up in the air. Yeah. So all in all, don't know. Um, you know, man, it's, it's so tough because we, I think we talked about him last week that I always felt like he was getting an unfair shake those first few years. Really hasn't had that many injury problems, two freak injuries back to back. Now we're in this room here where it's like, okay, what do you do? Right. What, so he can't, he can't go to start the season. So, you know, you're going use on and in. Alexander Georgiev. The organization is high on Onanen, and there's been a lot of talk of like, well, he's got upside to be an NHL goaltender. So, okay, good on that. You're going to get that look. You're going to get that free look. But what do you do? Let's say he comes in and he's playing really well. He's really filling that backup role well. Well, if and when Pavel Francouz gets healthy, is it his job? Is it now a competition? Do you cap dump him to try to make some room? You know, we were just talking, you need room. Do you LTIR him and then try to, you know, move on from him once he comes back? What What do you do if he comes back, plays really well the rest of, like, plays really well the rest of the season, then he needs a new deal. Like, it, it's just the abs are in a really, really 
interesting spot with him. I really like Pavel Francouz as a goaltender. I, I, I was told by multiple people before he signed that extension that there were a handful of teams lined up to give him a 1A, 1B type opportunity. I think he's a really good goaltender. When he's healthy, I think he helps the Av have a top five, one, two tandem in the league, personally. But it has now gotten to the point where the injuries have just piled up and you're not getting games out of it. Sure, sure. I mean, we know for a fact Pavel Francouz is more than capable of being an NHL mm-hmm. goaltender. Used to saying it in everything you just threw out about him was hypotheticals. What if he comes out right. and steals the show? What yep. if he suddenly surprises you? Like I mentioned, still a lot of question marks around Annan. So because of that consistency and that familiarity that you already have with Francis, I think you 100% do everything you can to keep him around. Look at the parade of backup goaltenders the Avalanche have rolled in here over the several yeah. years. Andrew Hammond, Keith Kincaid, Jonas Johansson. They were all terrible. So you need to have the guy that you are just confident when. You need that inch confident with you need that insurance and i don't think the goaltending position is something you want to gamble with if eustace ananin leaves any sort of doubt you got to send him back to colorado yeah, and keep building I'm to loveland and keep building his his game up no i'm with you and, and 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 you know it's the other thing that i do think is important that's maybe been left out a little bit here is paulo Franco's has a great working relationship with other goaltenders that have come to this organization He's been a backup for multiple different guys now. He's worked great with them. He's had great relationships with them. Works really well with UC Parkler, the goaltending coach. And, and he's a guy that accepts the role that he's in. And that is so massive on a team in the situation that the Avs are in. You need guys bought into their roles. He's bought into that role. You know he's not going to be problematic. You know, Alexander Georgiev came in here last year, and the Avs threw the vote of confidence behind him. That's our number one. You didn't see Pablo Francois complaining. Pablo Francois pulled the chair out for him. Right. Said, Please, sir, sit down. Take this is seat. your spot. Yep. Let's, you know, and, and and so I think he's also a big cultural fit. So I'm with you. Let's let's get him healthy here, see where he's at, and then start to go down that road of the hypotheticals and the USANA in and all that stuff. But you, you can't if 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 you continue with the uncertainty much longer around the health, then unfortunately you may just have to move on. It's a shame because the abs are in a great situation with what they pay their goaltenders. You'd hate to lose that, but you just can't have this question mark revolving door on the, let's draw a line in the sand. What does it take for you to be comfortable saying goodbye to Pavel Francouz? What, where does he have to be for you to be like, absolutely not. He's got to stick around. Is one more injury the line? Do you give him, uh, you know, one more injury in a couple weeks? If it's more than a couple weeks, well, you got to start to move on. See, to me, it's not even necessarily the injury count. It's it's the fact that, dude. I mean, fuck. He he said he's been injured like four times in his abs tenure, and three of them have been like six month plus. Like that. And a couple of them have been in the playoffs. Right, right. And so you know, like that. That's my thing. If he comes back and he's tweaking a thing here or there, I'm not worried about that. That's standard. My thing is, if you only get five games out of him this year, you got to move on. Like, so you're going to give him to the end of the season here? Yeah. Oh, okay. absolutely, okay. absolutely. I, I'm going to give him this year, and again, see how many games he can get back in, see how healthy he is, and, and if he's showing you, hey, 
you know, I just had to get recovered from that. I'm still the same guy. Then I'm all, I'm with you. Keep him around until you feel that Yusuf Sonnen is 100% ready to take the next step. Keep Pablo Franco's around. I don't know. I don't think I give him a leash that long. I, I mean, it, you can't go into the playoffs. You were the one that was just saying he needs a long leash. I don't think one that long, though. I don't think you you take it all the way to the end of the season. Again, if you're heading into the playoffs and there's still some shakiness with Pablo Francouz or you're still riding Ananen, you need somebody that you can depend on, somebody that you 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 know is going to go out there. But when and you say, but when you say, shots. when you say shaky, do you mean his actual player's availability? His availability. See, yeah. I don't. Th- I think his play is going to be there. All right, I do have to. I have to make fun of you because you said you're going to wait till the end of the year. I'm waiting till the playoffs. That's the end of the year. No, no, no. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm waiting till the playoffs. I think you go about the new year, maybe even the All Star break at the longest. So, so if he's not back by then, you're moving on. I don't think you have time. I don't think you 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 need so to be so more you're talking about like a cap dump. So going into the playoffs, a trade, a cap dump, whatever whatever it takes for you, you know. Even LTIR could be an option, right? Just I mean, it just depends on the injury. Sure, sure. sure. But uh, I think you. what I was saying with the playoffs is you can't be going into them still not knowing. So I'm drawing the line. I'll, I'll go with the All-Star break. How about that? I won't be as okay. dramatic as yeah. the New Year, but the All-Star break really needs to be like, and, all right, we know who we're going with. And not only do we know, we're comfortable with yeah. their style. Play. Yeah, these are our goal times. Yeah, yeah I, I'm with that. I, yeah, I, I think that's fine. But but to me, it's all about the availability because I, I agree with what you said. I think the play will be there when he's healthy. It's about him being healthy. Well, I'm glad we resolved that and you didn't make too too much fun of me. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, starting to wind down the podcast here, a couple cuts came through right before we started our show here. Two of them really stood out to me. The other guys – Okay. Pretty much expected. Yeah. Yeah. The the one that really I think jumps off the page is Johnny Fairbrother. Of course, he was part of the trade piece for Alex Newhook. Yep. So had a little bit of hope for him yep. not to be one of the first cuts, but here we are. It looks like Avalanche are finding a way to dwindle down who takes that last defensive spot. Yeah, no, he looked good in dev camp. You know, they had him out here. He missed all last year with an injury. Uh he was out in Denver for for development camp right after the draft. You liked him against his peers. Uh, but not to be calling the kid out too much on a day where he just got cut, but I think you and I had four separate conversations last night uh, in the press box of, God, that was a terrible, who was that? Yeah. Oh, fuck, the yeah. Fairbrother. Who gave that puck away at the middle? <laughs> oh, man, it was Fairbrother. Yep. Man, that puck skipped. Who, what? Who was that? Was Number Fairbrother, yep. Oh, Fairbrother. So, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, it, it tracks based on what we saw last night. Um, again, Given that you got the first and second round pick, Fairbrother was kind of the throw-in. If he can turn in a solid AHL season for you, I think you're still really happy with that. Um, like I said, unfortunately, this looks kind of like it tracks. Sure. Um, with that goalie Ivan Jigalov, as we yeah. were just having the goaltender conversations, I don't know if it's necessarily surprising that he's cut this early, but um, I guess just a notable name that we're looking forward to having a decent future, and maybe you'd like to see him stick around over a guy like Arvid Holm, who I have already deemed as terrible. <laughs> so here, the biggest reason I want to talk about Zhigalov, uh is a couple things. One, he was the Mr. Irrelevant from uh, the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup year, last pick of the draft. I talked to a couple of folks right after that said, that's a pretty good last pick that, you know, this kid's got some upside. Um, you know, he obviously had a weird situation this summer, which he was going to be playing pro over in Europe. That fell through. Now he's back playing juniors here. USHL. USHL. And the biggest reason I want to talk about him was he had a really weird training camp. 
Did you notice he was not taking part in most of the groups? He was doing almost exclusively goaltender work. Hmm. He would come out early with the goalies, and when the whole group would go over to the second sheet, you know, the freshly Zamboni sheet, he would stay on the ice 30 to 40 minutes with UC Parkala and Peter Budai working on mechanics. I think they like this kid. He's he's extremely raw. He's really, really, really green. But I think they like the athleticism. I think they like the compete. He wants to be here. I've talked to him several times, you know, since they drafted him. He wants to be here and he wants to compete. And, and I think that's what they like about him. And, you know, even though it's not ideal for him to have that, you know, his, his men's team, men's pro team overseas not work out. I think the Avs like having him a little bit closer to home. And the Avalanche just they, they I feel like maybe Joe Sackick was kicking some trash cans. Chris McFarland snapped a hockey stick over his knee and said, Can we please develop a freaking <laughs> goalie? We're tired of having to look one on the look for one on the market. Uh we got this one. Sounds like he could be a steal. Can we please get this guy to the NHL? Right. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let, let's do what we have to do. Plenty of time. If he's still right. age worthy of, of junior, he's right. He's got, he's got, he's got a ton of runway. And and honestly, I liked the fact that he was, I don't know if it was up to him or not, but I liked the fact that he was putting in a lot of extra work with the goaltending coaches. Cause that is my one thing about him. When I watched him the first time I said, I like this kid. He does a lot. Of, you know, he's mm -hmm. toolsy. He's athletic. Yep. He's quick. He, you know, he's got good size, but man, you can tell that he's just, you've never gotten professional coaching before. And so I actually like to see that he was putting in that extra work. Cause I want to see him back here a year from now and say, Whoa, that's a goaltender that's taking a step. Cause like you said, they need to develop one. I mean, and it's, it's and an in maybe the best, the maybe? best that they have. He's the, he's the most hopeful one of actually turning it out. But yeah. we remember Adam Warner, uh, Spencer Martin, Spencer Martin, man, the list, the, the list is a long one of, of goalies that haven't that, made it. That, and not only that haven't made it, but that you thought were going to be like, here we go. Here's yeah. a starter, mm -hmm. you know, no sale. Nope. Um, nope. That's all the conversation I have on the docket for today. Anything else you want to throw out there before we wrap up? I hope uh, our lovely listeners enjoyed our brand new uh, background background here. Um, no, we, we, we've got a ton of questions about these being available on uh, audio only just for podcasts. Yes. A hundred percent. That is in the works. Um, you know, we, we've, I mentioned it on last week's show. What, our team here has pulled together in such a short amount of time has been nothing short of just amazing. And we've got so much cool stuff going. We're finally feeling settled in. It's a little chaotic and scrambly uh, right now, but I, you know, we're, we're getting everything up to, to the point where it's just going to be humming along. We've got new coverage that'll be dropping soon. Um, so, you know, we've got a lot of really exciting things. So bear with us just a little bit here as, as we're getting off the runway, but no, these will absolutely be available uh, this episode should be available audio only uh, on your preferred platforms here in the coming days. Uh, and then you should expect to be able to find the rest of our shows just hitting your your preferred pod, podcast platforms pretty uh, pretty immediately. we so, got to help the people out on their drive, right? It's not so I easy know. to YouTube while you're driving. Yep. It's actually very dangerous. I've it's heard. extremely dangerous, uh, especially since you can't lock the app and keep playing. So that is absolutely coming. It'll be on all your preferred platforms. But uh yeah, like I said, we're just just bear with us just a little bit here. We're uh, the, the support we've gotten from uh, all of you guys has been incredible out of the gates, and and I promise our content's only getting bigger, better, faster, all that good stuff. So it's all coming, and thank you guys so much for uh, 
the support you've already shown. Yeah, exactly. And make sure, I mean, I'm sure most people have found our Twitter account, but we're also on Instagram. We got a YouTube page. So hunt all those down, Gorilla Sports, and uh, make sure you're following us. So that way we can keep bringing you the awesome content that we've already started. I'm really proud of what we've done so far. Me too. Yeah. I'm excited to keep growing this bad boy. And I mean, we've got ideas for days. So um, we'll we'll get those coming to fruition sooner than later. I just want to mention one last thing because you just mentioned the YouTube channel. Right now we are on the Gorilla Capturing YouTube channel. Uh, which is our parent company. Uh, We will be having our own channel, but again, there's a lot of ducks we got to get in a row before we get there. So right now we're using this uh, lovely channel, all kinds of cool content on it. Um, But look out for a a second channel that's coming. That's in the works. We got all kinds of really cool stuff that uh, yeah, here in the next coming weeks, it'll be like, Whoa, all right, here's, here's everything. But uh, for right now. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yep. I hope you guys think we're as cool as we do. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us on this episode. We'll be uh, back. I, 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 well, oh, I also, yep, yep. Jesse, uh, you know, you just take us out. I got to give a big shout out to Mark, uh, our, our producer, Mark. Super Mark. Uh, dude, I mean, pulled everything together. Uh, I mean, he was running around like crazy to get this pulled together, to get everything up. We're, we got new equipment showing up at the door daily, and he's back there plugging all the wires up. So I got to show a ton of love to our guy, Mark, uh, making sure that this could all happen. And I'm done interrupting you, I promise. You sure? Thanks for hanging out with us here at Gorilla Sports. It's Gorilla Hockey with JJ and Jesse. We'll see you next time.